your favorite cartoon characters will help you understand how drugs and alcohol can ruin your life. So watch the program. Talk about it with your family. Welcome to Special Presentation with Mike and Ethan, or Elf Will Not Be Seen Tonight. Mike and I are sitting like as if we had, you know, with cocoa and our feet up in socks in front of the fire and just watching in glee as the numbers go up and up on our Sinfest episode. We are excited about this. Everybody loves Sinfest. It's Everybody loves super Sinfest. popular. What's ever? Do you think it's intentional that it rhymes with incest? Um, well, um, you know, that's actually an interesting, uh, interesting point. Um, I'd say probably not just because no. <laughs> it's, it's from, for, not for a, a, a comic called Sinfest, it's not nearly as edgy as you would expect because, you know, it's the sort of thing you think like, oh, this is going to be like, you know, shredded moose or something, which by the way, does anyone remember shredded moose? Or is, I, I thought or is, I did, but no, I'm thinking of space moose. Oh, yeah, that's a totally different one. No, this is one where it's it's like there's a there's a frat guy. It's it's I think it's there's a frat guy and, and it'll be like, oh, it'll be really funny if it, you know, it's one of those comics where. Where, you know, the, <laughs> hard to the, you describe, know, the, huh? Yeah, I'm trying to, it's usually like, there's like a, it'll, they'll, it'll be like a frat, there's like a recurring guy, I keep calling the frat guy, I don't think he was a frat guy, I think he was just author insert, and, you know, he'll, the, the author the, was a frat guy. Yeah, probably, you know, it's one of those comics where the punchline is, uh, surprise butt sex, or something like that, you know, <laughs> um, which was very, that was a very hot punchline in the early aughts, like, people thought that was really funny, because, you know, you could say anything on the internet, so people did. Yeah. Um, and then it came all came back just you know some five or ten years ago when uh, P- PewDiePie became popular for going ah ah butt rape butt rape ah don't butt rape me he's butt raping me ah 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 and became the highest paid person on YouTube. Oh God, people love the kids love PewDiePie. They love him. I think. Do they still love him? They loved him for a while. I think they. And... I think they're a little cooler on him now. Now they like someone called Germa, who I I was surprised to learn that people think he's funny. I thought they just thought he was attractive. Oh, is he like another guy who yells at video games? Uh, yeah, yeah, they all are. I mean, but he just he just plays the game as far as I can tell. I was, uh, and people were like trying to explain the joke to me. He's like, no, he is a jester. He does things funny. I'm like, he does? Does he? Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Um, well, you know, uh, I, I'm skeptical on that because I've seen a lot of these guys who play video games. I mean, I've seen the PewDiePie and the Markiplier and the... The, the the grumps and yep. all these guys and uh, the grumps most of them do make jokes. Oh, do, yeah, they, they 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 make some jokes. I mean, I you know, think obviously Markiplier different... makes jokes, but I think he just yells for the most part. I, I don't really get Markiplier. I because I saw he played Five Nights at Freddy's and he you know and he pretended to be scared of the robots and then the kids were like, it's very funny when he pretends to be scared, and it's like I guess I mean <laughs> it's it's. 
I mean, I I think if he if he was actually scared, that might be funny. But like, you know, I hey, but new also, fans, you know, look at how old we are. Yeah, it's like, Markiplier. I'm, it's like I'm a hundred years old. So what would I know? I mean, I'll say this: he's a very attractive man. So if oh, they yeah. if if everyone was watching it because they're like, God, this guy's so hot, and they're like, Oh, why are you watching Mark? Play? Um, uh, because he's funny. It's like, all right, I get that. Um, apparently, he's like the brother of a guy who does like a furry porn web comic. Which, oh yeah, I have uh, heard is, about that. Yeah, yeah. Which I guess is. I mean, I don't know if I don't know if he had some nepotism going on, and he had his brother like nudge the numbers or something, or if he's got his <laughs> celebrity all of his own doing. I don't so, know. So you I, think that you think that Markiplier is popular because his brother's uh, naked freaking comic uh, got him the got him the lead. I'm just saying it's very suspicious that two brothers would independently of each other become huge internet celebrities. I just think that's very strange. <laughs> uh, that's right. I'm throwing shade at Markiplier for like no reason, <laughs> just to be a dick. I love, um, that, I love that you're implying that the creator of two kinds is a huge internet celebrity. <laughs> I mean, look, uh, two kinds is a very big furry webcomic. I assume I know less about two kinds than I ever knew about Sinfest or shredded moose. So I don't know if that's true or not. <laughs> as far as I know, it's, I think two kinds is the one where it's like on a farm and there's like a bunch of cowgirls, like not like cowgirls, like, like, you know, cowboys. I mean, like girls who are cows, but like anthro cows, you know, you know what I, I mean? Right. I know there's a tiger who's been like three months pregnant for the last 10 years. Well, you would know that. Yes, I would know that. <laughs> um, okay. Um, is there a tiger in it? Okay. Maybe I'm thinking of the wrong comic. Cause I thought there were a bunch of like cows, but they're <laughs> like, they're on a farm and they do farm girl things, but they're like anthropomorphic cows. So I don't know They you know, they like wear overalls and have big tits. I think that's what's going on. If that is not, if, if that is not two kinds and I'm just like imagining this, then I should probably just actually make this comic. Cause I better be a big hit. People love cows yeah. with giant tits. Yeah. Um, sound off in the comments. If you'd like to see a web comic about cows with huge boobs, um, we have no comments. I mean, we no, have we no don't. way of leaving comments. A, yeah, so. We don't have a, uh, anything like that. Unless, unless I put this one up on YouTube, I got to start doing that again. Oh yeah, yeah. Otherwise, we say that all the time, and it's like people are probably we have a, a yeah, we million fans. We're not who are on like, camera. Good yeah, thing we're not on camera. Like, I didn't we... shave. <laughs> people are like, "How do we leave a comment? Please, we need to leave a comment." We have a lot of rabid fans who really want to communicate with us, and they just don't know how. <laughs> anyway, my favorite thing about Markiplier, though, is one time he was going to Los Angeles for um, an event of some sort. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget what it was. I think it was a convention, possibly, uh, probably about video games it would make sense. And I guess he had announced this and someone on Tumblr was like, please, please, I need to get this message to Markiplier. Somebody needs to let him know uh, that there's like a lot of gang violence in, in Los Angeles because the Bloods and the Crips are fighting. And Markiplier, please be careful. And and this <laughs> this went viral on Tumblr because all the children were reblogging it because they were desperately afraid that Markiplier would be killed in a shootout between the bloods and the crips if he ha went to los angeles um which as we know is is just racked with with uh top to bottom with uh gang violence um between the bloods and the crips which i am unclear <laughs> if those are actual real gangs that ever existed or just things that you saw in like movies i, I don't really know i guess i could google that but i'm not gonna because no, I have no commitment to actually fact, figuring out facts on this show. 
That's not what we do here. I'm we're delighted f- by f- the thought that uh, that Markiplier has appeared on the Game Grumps, and they live in they live in Burbank. So, <laughs> it's, oh my God, how did he not get killed? <laughs> yeah, how did they not get killed? Oh, maybe they're Bloods and Crips. Oh, that's right. They, it was maybe a trick. Both, they were luring yeah. him there so they could murder him. <laughs> oh my God. You know, and they did. Markiplier has been replaced with like a robot double. I learned this from Sinfest. <laughs> well, that's brought us full circle because the insanity of Sinfest and the strangely circuitous nature of it and how everything sort of sort of ties together, but then it doesn't and then it does again. It reminded me all the way through of something that I wanted to talk about today. Uh, yeah, and and um, that rem- okay, that that Sinfest would not have reminded me of this, but that's interesting. So, it so did, tell me it how doesn't, did it, so how did, you didn't see you didn't see the well. I guess you're intimately familiar with Sinfest vibes by now. So. Yeah, well, I maybe I should say is like. Um, I, it didn't, it didn't strike me as, as Sinfestian because it was, uh, short and to the point and fairly compre- comprehensible. Like yes. I could watch it and be like, Hmm, I understand what's going on. Um, but, uh, but, but you said something about the, uh, the, the sprawling nature of it, uh, reminded you of Sin- this Sinfest. Yes. What we're talking about today is a short film, actually five short films that were that were produced between 2003 and 2008. They come from a a three person art collective in Korea, in South Korea, called Sambagza. And to and together they are referred to as There She Is. This was a bunch of flash animations that were made in the era before YouTube. So when you when you initially watched these, they wouldn't have been just frames flashed before you. They would have been, you know, basically procedurally generated with sh- with shapes. <laughs> it's oh. it's yeah, it's kind of amazing to uh, look at look at the animation in this from that perspective and know that like wow, there was Homestar Runner and then there was this. Wow, I didn't realize that. Um, so this is actually so this is from an art collective, you said. Yes, uh, Sambaxa is three people, and uh, what they do, you know, I don't, you know, art is one aspect of what they do, but uh, a lot of uh, a lot of things they do involve like you know making pottery and clothing, and they they have like uh, booths at uh, at like uh, festivals where they uh, give away their handmade stuff. So this is oh. just one one arm of what Sambagza does. Wow, I didn't realize that they were so versatile. Um, I actually, in watching this, assumed that these were just music videos that had hmm. been made for a band. Hmm. It's actually five different bands. That's the, that's the, what's oh. really weird about it is that, yeah, what There She Is 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 a series of five music videos for five different songs by five different bands. And... You know, I am not sure if the bands actually gave their permission for the song to be used at all. <laughs> oh, interesting. Okay, so um, that that's interesting. Well, the music really isn't the most important part of this. I don't think. Well, it's not that they it's not that they don't put any uh, effort into uh, the, into the music. The music is a is a major part in the in the sense that it's uh, and that everything is 
built around the uh, vibe and uh, general feeling of the songs because you know the fir- the first song from the uh, from the original short has a very different feeling than the incredibly somber fourth short. Mm, yes, that's true. Now, what there she is is on on its surface is a love story, but it gets a lot more complicated than that. You could almost say that it's a th- it's a trilogy, but the third part is a trilogy unto itself. Yeah, it's it's kind of a well, um, it's uh, it's kind of I you know it's funny I had seen the first one, the first music video before. Yes, you've seen this um, I'm a lot. If any, if you've seen any of them, you've seen the first one. Yeah. And I did not realize that they were sequels or that it got as dark as it did. Um, <laughs> Cause the first one is it's, um, well, I, I see when I watch it, it's kind of, it's like a little, uh, it's a little love story. There's a, there's a cat and there's a rabbit, you know, like um, anthropomorphic. Yeah, fo- yeah. These anthro cats and rabbits who are, and, uh, they just happen to glance at one another while buying drinks at a vending machine. He's getting a fish flavored drink and she's getting a carrot flavored drink. So obviously there's, this is a world made for cats and rabbits, but their eyes meet and she is instantly in love with this poor hapless cat boy. And it turns out that's a problem because that is deeply frowned upon in this town they live in where there are signs posted everywhere with a slash, a no smoking slash over a cat and a rabbit. You, they are down on cat rabbit relations. Yeah. Uh, they, they do not like miscegenation in this world. Um, and, uh, you know, the first video though, it's, it's, um, it's kind of in the background that the, those signs, yeah. um, so you don't really notice them and you kind of think, I mean, if I kind of thought when I saw it, it's like, oh, that's kind of just um, almost like like uh, background filler. It's 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 just there to remind us that because the cat doesn't like he doesn't want to be with the rabbit. Yeah. He's kind of running away and she's chasing him. It's a very, you know, the sort of thing that you've seen in lots of anime. I think yeah. every anime has this where it's like, oh, no, this girl is like obsessively um uh, uh, infatuated with some guy and he's trying to run away and he's like, no, I don't like it. Sundera or the Yandera? I forget which one that is. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a one very, it's a very common trope that I've seen in like, you know, uh, romance manga or anime or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, I, I didn't think about it too much yeah, and I just there, assumed that all, mm-hmm. yeah, there are some specific anime shout outs because, uh, you, there is a brief scene in the video where, uh, she uh, starts laying out her plans and you see her vision of him as this prince carrying her away off on a white horse and doing this elaborate dance in front of a churchyard. And these are like specific references to anime. The uh, prince, I'm pretty sure, comes from Rose of Versailles. Oh, I have heard of that one. I think I have a, I think I have a friend who's also obsessed with that. Yeah, Rose of Versailles is very well known. It's it's been adapted into a lot of things and even a uh, all female production. So, <laughs> oh well, um, okay. So that is 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 about France, right? Yes, yes. It's a it's about uh, it's about Marie Antoinette, but from the perspective of a woman living under her. Ah, uh, okay. I was gonna say I, I vaguely remember that. Isn't that part of why uh, Japan has Paris syndrome? 
<laughs> I think it is, yeah. Although I'm pretty sure the Tokyo Tower was built before then. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Um, anyway, so so yeah, so there's there's a bunch of shout outs. Um, but yeah, when they, when you see those those uh, signs, I kind of just thought, oh, those are those are symbolic of the cat's mindset. Mm. If you know what I mean, like yeah. I didn't really think of them as like implying anything about the world that they were really living in. Uh, and even when in this video, I think he sits the rabbit down at one point and shows her like a, 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 a film strip or a slideshow a try, or it's actually kind of like a PowerPoint presentation. Yeah. He's showing her this, this thing that's like uh, male bunny, female bunny. Good. Male, male cat, female cat. Good. Male cat, female bunny. No good. And you get this long shot of him kind of going to, are you getting it? Are you getting it? And she's like, huh? <laughs> she she yeah. does not understand this world that they live in at all. And, and also she is continually pushing carrots on him. We get this, uh, this montage of her trying to feed him carrots, giving him a carrot in a Valentine's box, greeting him while he's sitting on the toilet with a cake with a carrot in it. <laughs> She's like, I can change him. Yes. You know, sitting next to him in the cafeteria and cramming carrots down his throat. <laughs> and, and at that point he's just like, okay, I have got to get away from this crazy one. Oh no, no. First he's, he tries to set her up with some bunny guys, a big, strong one, a handsome one and a smart one. And she just knocks them all out of the way, like bowling pins on her way to him. Yeah. Yeah. Not interested. Um, so it's, uh, and finally but, he has to give up. He's like, okay, okay, let's hang out, whatever. Yeah. Which and I think is not the best way to start a relationship. I mean, it ends with, I think what, like them each trying the other soda. Yeah. He, yeah. So yeah, she, she pours him a cup of carrot juice and you can see from his reaction that he actually likes it. And yeah. meanwhile, he's watching a lady cat go by, and she's being pursued by a rabbit. Huh. Uh, well, you know, you know. Yes. For, for... During the time that fish and rabbits have sought and snared wives. Um, so that was that was cat the first movie. video, and like yeah. you know, it's cute. Yeah. Um, also, you see I, her I... drinking the cat, the fish drink, and. Uh, even though she's got a clothespin over her nose, she uh, seems to like it. And that's when he gets his first little uh, heart popping out. And he's like, wait, eh, no, 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 no. Oh, yeah, they do that. That's a thing as well. There's yeah. A, um, yeah, physical hearts popping out is ma is a big thing in this. Yeah, they're treated a lot like with uh, the love, the blood ticks in Flapjack, where they're like, not just, not just, you know, there to indicate um, love, but they actually are there in the world and like, um, like he gets buried in them at one point, I think. <laughs> and from, from there, we move on to the next one. This, the second one is called cake dance. And, uh, this is a, I think a, this is where it started to really come into its own. The animation gets really impressive in this one. And the, <laughs> don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. I noticed it was a lot smoother. So um, I just assume was this in the post YouTube era? Like how much time was between the two videos? Do we know? The, the first one came out in 2003. And then the, the last three, I think, came out between 2007 and 2008. So there was a bit oh, of a wow. gap okay. between the between the making of the first two and then when the last three came out. 
Okay. Well, the first two are kind a little more lighthearted. They feel like they're just self-contained vignettes about this romance. Yes. Um, if you can even call it a romance, because he's, you know, by now he's like, yes, we're friends. We are. Yes, I, I like this. I like this girl, but he doesn't seem to be entirely enthused about actually dating her. But nevertheless, no. he does not want to. He does not want to disappoint her, uh, which is where this one starts out with her at a birth. Her at a birthday party, and we get to see some of her friends, or actually some of their friends, I guess. There's a, there's a rabbit, a lady cat, and a huge male cat. Yeah, the one with one eye. Yes. Uh, now none of these characters. Almost none of these characters get named, but they do have individual names. And the big cat's name is Pizza. Wait, how do we know their names? Uh, we'll, we learned the, well, we actually learned the cat and the rabbit's one, names in the, the next video. It's called Doki and Nabby. Her name is Doki. His name is Nabby. Okay. Mm -hmm. But pretty much everything else you have to go to the Sambaxa website to find out. <laughs> oh, they've got, so that there's, uh, there's auxiliary lore. Yes. Yeah, you have to read the instruction manual for these cartoons. So, so is there anything else that we know about these other characters, or just their names? There's, it doesn't uh, have a. Let me, let me look look it up. I got. I was. Yes, it's the series is called "There She Is" with two exclamation points, and the. Uh, let's see, the rabbit's the rabbit's name who is at the party is Red Eyes, and then there's hmm. a. And the girl cat is named Hana, and the uh, male cat is named Pizza. Hmm. Okay, Pizza the cat. All right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And uh, apparently, Pizza is. There's rumors that he's like a ex Yakuza bodyguard or something. Oh well, that 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 explains the scar. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Um. I actually assumed that the two cats were the cat's parents. Because <laughs> that, that they're was much my assumption too, but uh, I don't think they are. Huh? Because they they are very tall compared to the our main cat, but um, but it's good that they're 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 open minded about uh, Doki. Is it Doki's yeah, Doki, uh, relationship? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Doki uh, just means rabbit, and uh, oh, okay. Yeah. What's, what's, does Navi mean cat? cat? It means no. It means butterfly, but apparently that's like a common name for a cat in Korea. It's like kitty. Oh, okay. All right. Interesting. I was um, surprised to learn this too. Hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, I, okay. I mean, why not? Um, people, people, people. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's a cute name. So go yeah, for it. Uh, yeah, but anyway, some, so yeah, we're learning about, we're learning characters. so much about Korean culture. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The thing you have to understand is that this is not anime. This is, this is a Korean production and that's really what it's about, which is that, when this came out in 2003 to 2005, at the time, most of us who were watching, we had things like Proposition 8 on our minds. We thought this was a, I thought personally that this was like a big metaphor for, uh, for accepting uh, LGBTQ people. But mm -hmm. it's it, not. It does read that way. Oh, yeah, well, it what's really it about? Feeds, it's about Koreans and Japanese. Huh. Interesting. Um, and they don't tell you which group is which. So, <laughs> well, I mean, that does make sense. I know that there is a lot of tension. Uh, between, There's a lot uh, of history there that we can't really pass any judgment on. I mean, uh, 
Japan was part of a lot of uh, war crimes. And uh, as Americans, we certainly wouldn't have anything to do with that. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Of course not. Um, I did, you know, I did live in Korea for, for a year when I was younger. Mm. And um, I can't say that I'm particularly like knowledgeable about Korean culture. You know, because first of all, it, I was there for a single year and I was like 10 years old and mm. I'm a dumb American. So it's not like it's not like I absorbed much of anything other than the knowledge that like, boy, people here sure like to eat squid. A lot of squid <laughs> here. Everything is squid flavored. That was my main takeaway. But um, I did go to an international school. And one thing that I did pick up was that the Koreans really did not like the Japanese. Uh, it was, it was, there was a, they, every Korean kid I knew absolutely hated the Japanese. Um, in fact, uh, I'd say that this is, this, this is a recurring theme throughout much of Southeast Asia, uh, from what I understand. Uh, I also lived in the Philippines when I was a little older and, uh, yeah, um, you know, well, let's just say Japan also has a history in the Philippines. So, yes. um, but anyway, um, so yeah, so yeah, from, from personal experience, I can, I can just think, just in case you didn't believe this, that this yes. was a real thing, you know, which is, is very easily verifiable. Well, like, yeah, I, I can say from my lived experience, I saw that, yes. um, the cats really do have a problem with rabbits, so to speak. Yeah. So, so that's, that's, uh, so that is an interesting ask. That's an interesting, um, uh, Definitely, yeah. I guess uh, we tend to always view everything through an American lens here, and just assume everything is about us, you know. But uh, different cultures. Uh, so this is actually so this is about Japanese and Koreans. Yes, and but and it really it I think it's a uh, relevant, uh, you know, it's a good slice of life looking at it because uh, they 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 do operate together on the same you know, on the same thing. There's no rule saying that rabbits and cats can't eat at the same table, that they can't, that they can't work together, that they can't be a part of the same, you know, uh, extracurricular activities, but they, but they draw a line at a certain place. And it seems like a kind of, uh, kind of arbitrary line, but then social lines always are. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think like we really, I, I guess like it really starts coming about in the, th third video i think where where that's made clear because yeah. the well, second one is enough. mostly yeah the second, yeah, the, one, the second is one is fun yeah it's mostly like um the 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 cat he's trying to get a cake to the rabbit's birthday and he's having trouble because you know he keeps almost dropping it he gets chased by a rhino at one point um, yeah this is an interesting thing that this is one of the things that made me think of uh sinfest is that all, along the way, trying to bring the cake to the to the party, he uh, gets chased by wild animals in a uh, in an alley. Now these are not anthro animals; these are just animals. <laughs> yeah, so they're just random animals that are in, you know, running around. They have like bows around their necks. Yes, they have though. a green. Yeah, they all have a green bow around their neck. There's a there is a rhino, a dog, a frilled lizard. <laughs> a penguin and a turtle and they're all charging at high speed after him. <laughs> and yeah, it's like, what the hell is this? Is this, this is a, yeah, it just seems like a completely random joke, but at but the, then they, but, they come. Yeah. Sorry. Go on. 
Yeah, they do. They become a major focus of the story. And you're just like, where did this come from? And you have to watch a few times to figure out, you know, the actual connection here. But there is a connection. Oh, really? I actually, well, um, may, maybe you'll, you'll tell me when we get to it, because I think yeah, I might well, have missed that. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, while this is happening, while this is happening, everyone's waiting patiently at the party, yawning, everyone pacing. And one friend presents Doki with a cake because he's like, well, I knew your boyfriend couldn't make it. And she just happily noms the whole thing down like Ms. Pac-Man. Yeah. <laughs> that was really cute. And Because uh, it's not the right cake. <laughs> <laughs> and like... Feet just mere feet away from the restaurant where he was headed, uh, uh, our cat friend uh, Nobby runs into a trio of shaggy bunnies. Yeah, bunnies. These guys are like they're like a gang, right? They're yeah. kind of uh, you know they're like uh, they're, they they were they look like uh, they should be hanging out in Neo Tokyo. This gang. Yeah, um, they have. Yeah, and you see some specific Akira references later. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. Um, but like there's three of these guys, right? One has an eye patch. One has like a surgical mask. Yeah. Um, the other is bare faced and, uh, they're brothers. They're actually called the Jinta set. And, oh, does that mean something or, uh, I don't know. Well, set is the English word set is so it's like the Jinta trio. So, mm -hmm. but, uh, yeah, they're, yeah, they're, they're all triplets. And, uh, one of them has gotten completely the wrong idea that uh, Navi is that Doki is not returning Navi's affections, and in fact that he's the he's the villain in the situation. And they're like, "You you cross with the wrong group, pal." And now yeah. it gets into well, some really fantastic animation as we see his parkour skills getting away from them. Yeah, and I think they um they're um if, yeah they they become major players as well in later videos. And, um, and they kind of so, do an interesting face turn, the, I think. Yeah, they do. They're, they are not as bad as you might think, because I mean, on their, from their perspective, they're, you know, protecting the honor of this girl that they think he's, uh, he's been mistreating and, yeah. but as it turns out, even though in the, you know, at the very last minute, the cake gets dropped on the ground. <laughs> They're still allowed to remain at the party. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad it worked out okay. <laughs> also, there's a there's a cat who's there, and she starts flirting with one of the brothers. So something yeah. something weird is going on there. So that is yeah, that's the cat with the lips, right? Yeah, the, the cat with the really full, weird human lips. I don't know what to does think this about cat that. Yeah, does that cat have a name? I don't think so. Uh, but I think the rest of the uh, rest of the players at the party are actually members of a band that uh, let's, oh, let's see. The, wait, in, in the fictional universe of the, the cat rabbits or in the, the cat universe? Yeah, there's a, there's um, a band. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. That's why they can't have cat rabbit uh, dating. They'd create cabots and then we'd be <laughs> in the Tenshi universe. <laughs> And I think okay. I think oh, okay. Was... So the girl, the girl cat's name is Pi. Oh, appropriate. We're recording on Pi mm. Day. Okay. Oh. Yeah. 
and the uh, the there's a rabbit guitarist named Moon, but I'm not sure which one he is. Maybe he's the big fat one with the pierced ears. I assume that Wait, was Doki's so, brother. So there's pizza and there's pie in this. Pizza and pie. Yep. All right. Okay. <laughs> Why not? Oh yeah, um, and the uh, yeah pizza. Oh yeah, and the owner of the band, the manager. That's the tall cat, the tall female cat. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, interesting. Um, so, so that is, that's, that's, that, those are all our players and that's, uh, episode two. Yeah. That's of... episode two, which ends with uh, Doki being so grateful that, sh- that Navi brought her the cake, that she starts snuggling on him right on the rest, right in the restaurant and everyone looks horrified. And the next thing we see is everyone being kicked out and a big no cat bunny love sign being placed on the door. Yeah. And that becomes, I think, more important in the third video. Because yeah, this actually, is... what? Or what happens in the third video? I'm trying to remember now. And actually, I don't think it starts getting really dire till the fourth. No, the third video is more about them, about the two of them really giving this whole relationship thing a shot. And it's like because he really does, you know, because even though he's not ex- not all that excited about the difficulties of cat rabbit love. It's not that he doesn't like her. So this one starts out with showing the beginning of Nobby's day. You know, he's, you know, putting on his clothes, sharpening his claws on one of those cardboard things. Mm. Oh yeah. That was actually really cute. I like that. And then he, and then he goes out to check the mail and finds that there's a huge package waiting for him labeled from Doki. And so he goes to put on his clothes and goes to open it up again. And of course she's in there with a huge, uh, with a huge uh, barrage of those physical hearts for him as she is. And cause this is the day that they're going to have their first real date. And she's just so excited for it. She even <laughs> holds a press conference about it. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We get to see, um, see their interplay when they're not being being romantic, walking together, just you know, talking like couples do, just having that kind of that kind of fun. And then she sees a cat couple walking by and with uh, ha- hanging on each other, and she's like, "I want to try that." And she, you know, snuggles up to him, and again, the the mean crowd appears. Yeah, so that doesn't work out too good. It's it's you, you feel for Nabi because he's n- because. You know, he wants this too, but at the same time, it is it isn't the reality of their world, and she just can't accept that. And you see her, you know, pulling out all of these devices to catch him. <laughs> she tries to lasso him, she throws a bolo, and throws a pokeball that has been mosaiced out for <laughs> <laughs> copyright purposes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and this is when we find out what the carrots were for, why she's always giving him carrots. Because these animals, the animals wearing the green ribbons, they're her friends. In fact, they are her rehabilitation uh, prospects. Because what she does is she's like a social worker or veterinarian for animals. Oh, that's why she's got the, the hedgehog. Yes. She finds a hedgehog and she puts, yeah, she finds a hedgehog and puts a green ribbon on it. And uh, so that's, and it's watching how uh, how much she loves animals that makes makes Nobby suddenly produce the biggest heart of his life. And he's like, oh shit, this is real, isn't it? <laughs> Interesting. Okay, yeah, I, I think I'm, I, I missed that that was that connection. 
with the other animals. Yeah. And they're, and they're all wearing green ribbons and he's got a green scarf. So this is kind of the symbol that you belong to her now. Oh, oh, wow. Okay. I didn't realize, uh, no wonder, no wonder that you remind you of Sinfest because there's so many layers in this. Yeah, there are a lot of layers. Uh, so they go, so they go to a movie together and, you know, in private, in quiet, he's like, well, maybe I could, maybe I could hold her hand while we're doing this. But then the lights come on, ruins everything. Mm, yeah. Cause that's kind of, she pulls away right before the lights go on. Cause oh, I think, yeah, I, I thought it was like, yeah, I kind of thought that, that that was her acknowledging the reality of this world where it's like, yeah, no, you can't be seen doing this. So that is kind of out of character. So maybe yeah. I'm misreading it. Yeah, well, I think it could be interpreted either way. I think that's one of the things that makes this work so well is that there's, you know, there are there are different layers to even individual things that happen. And yeah. So on their on their way home, they uh, encounter some more of the you know realities of the world. The Jinta set is there again, and uh, and Doki is happy to see them, and she hugs two of them, but not the third, and he gets really mad. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, jealousy. Yeah. And also along the way home, they, I want to know what this sculpture is that they pass by. Is is that like a famous thing in uh, like Seoul or something? It looks like a boulder being held up by three crags. Huh. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Um, let's I've never see seen three... this before, but it seems to kind of be a symbol of this, this, if not, you know, somewhere else. So. Yeah, I don't know. Should it? I should again. Should have done the research. Oh well. And also, well, how would you they, Google that? <laughs> boulders weird that Korean soul. boulder sculpture. <laughs> well, searching. Uh, let's see. Boulder statue Seoul didn't do it. So let's look up boulder statue Korea. No, nope. yeah. they've got too many boulders in Korea. It's not working. <laughs> Darn it! <laughs> oh no, there was a landslide. <laughs> <laughs> Also, they pass by a single protester holding up a uh, no no cats and bunnies uh, sign. Yeah, I noticed that like as the series goes on, we see more and more protesters. These guys are really multiplying. Mm-hmm. Um, Just the which, one in know, this one video. It hasn't yet reached the tipping point where like everyone's decided that this is the new moral panic to get upset about. Mm-hmm. You know, which again, I mean, you can you can see that happening a lot here in the states. Mm. Um, but, uh, um, but yeah, so this, this, this is the, so that's the third one, right? Yeah. And it ends with them, you know, having a kind of chased by see you later. And, and, uh, Navi comes home and finds all the stuff that she'd prepared, all the, all the gift and the, the cheerleader outfit and the uh, press conference stuff all tossed in the trash next to his, his apartment. And he's like, and and comes back and sees her and is like, okay, how about a second date? And she's like, yes, please! Uh, she's got a big old flag. Yeah. Oh, and we get a little bit of a look at what Natty does. He's He was in the newspaper business. He's a paper boy. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because he seemed delivering stuff. Yeah, and he meets her early in the morning and they share like... I think roasted sweet potatoes or something as she's tending to her uh, green ribboned animals. Yeah, is that's uh that's um a breakfast thing over there, isn't it? Yeah, uh, sweet well sweet potatoes are just a general treat. 
Uh, I've never had a, a roasted sweet potato that made me like, oh yeah, give me more of that. But you know, maybe I haven't had. I it, mean, uh, yeah, that's Southeast Asian style. Yeah, I mean, I've had sweet potatoes. They're fine, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're they're tempura they're, sweet they're, potatoes are my idea of a good time. Yeah. <laughs> Um, we, you know, we, we do sweet potatoes here in the States. Mm-hmm. They're usually, yeah, once a year with marshmallows <laughs> on them. Yeah. Once I had, I went to, uh, oh, the place where we went, uh, bu- 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 not golden corral. Fuck. <laughs> What's it called? What, what claim jumpers? Yeah. Claim jumper. Once I went to claim jumper and I had like a chicken stuffed sweet potato. <laughs> Does that mean a chicken stuffed with sweet potatoes or no, a, pota- a sweet potato? potato stuffed with like shredded chicken? Oh, okay. That's interesting. How do they do that? Do they just <laughs> well, they, like... Yeah, they, it was more or less like a baked sweet potato filled with chicken and toppings. And honestly, it wasn't very good. <laughs> well, it's, a, it's, it's, an, it's not something that I would think of as being a natural combination. But, you know, there's plenty of things that I don't think of as natural combinations that work okay. You know, mm-hmm. um, when they like, told me... Uh, you, you, mm-hmm. I told you what? Did I tell you something? Oh, like... No, no, I was going to say when they told me like that in the 1950s, uh, tomato and peanut butter sandwiches were like a huge thing. I was like, oh, what? Yeah. But oh, yeah. it and works. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of uh, peanut butter and vanilla ice cream on sourdough. That's an interesting combination. <laughs> oh, yes. How and I invented some... the Sivat. What's that? <laughs> exactly. The, the Sivat, it's like a s'more, but instead of chocolate... You add one square of American cheese. That sounds extremely Midwestern. <laughs> and it makes everyone say, what's that? How, how is, how is it? I like it. <laughs> Haven't had one in huh. a long time. It's one of those not everyday things like a Twinkie wiener sandwich. What, what, so that? <laughs> so that, yeah. Uh, a Twinkie wiener sandwich from uh, UHF. You know, you cut a Twinkie in half, add a raw hot dog and a squirt of cheese whiz. Huh. I, I, oh, right, right. It's been a long time. But yeah, now that you mentioned, I do remember that. Um, I have not tried that either, though. I guess I'm, <laughs> I'm not very adventurous when it comes to food. <laughs> I hear that Weird Al does still eat them, but with vegan hot dogs now. <laughs> oh, real, wait, that was a real thing? I thought he just yeah. did it in the movie. Uh, I think it's something he invented and used the movie to uh, spread. Does he, uh, so eats raw, but eats the raw hot dog cold? Yeah. Huh. Okay. <laughs> um, wait, so is, is Weird Al vegan or just vegetarian? Vegan, yeah. He, uh, he became a vegan when a fan sent him a book called Diet for a New America. Wow. You know what? I mean, um, I think it's, um, you know, I mean, I think that's, it's cool that Weird Al, you know, um, does that i mean that he's he's made that choice you know that he well you know that he was like oh this is was it health because of health or environmental or ethical reasons i I think it was for environmental reasons actually okay yeah um, you know he doesn't you know he's never really pushed a vegetarian diet on anyone else you know he doesn't mm -hmm. make it part of his part of his mission statement like paul mccartney uh but 
And yeah. he did have um, his gallbladder out a few years ago. So, you know, it's, oh. it's no, it's no guarantee that you're going to be, that you're never going to have any problems again, but well, you know, now that I know that I'm going to eat more, I'm going to eat extra meat. Cause I want to <laughs> keep my gallbladder. No, I kid actually, Vegetarian veganism is probably the best way to go for, mm-hmm. for multiple reasons. Um, and, uh, it's just that living in America, it's yeah. very difficult. Um, and if, and if you can't go veg- vegan either because you're, because you have different nutritional needs or because you just like meat too much, you know, just cut meat out, you know, have less meat. That would probably do. Yeah. yeah. If everyone ate less meat, like two, like two vegetarian meals a week, it would probably make things a lot better in this country. Yeah. Yep. It would. Um, but what I think is, is interesting about that is just the fact that like a, a fan sent him a book and he was like, hmm, I think I'll read this, you know? <laughs> uh, I mean, when you have fans, you, you probably, this, this comes up a lot. I remember reading uh, uh, Patrick Stewart talking about people asked him what kind of science fiction he could compare Star Trek to. And he was like, oh, I have such trouble with science fiction. I, I have piles of it sent to me by fans. And every time I finish one, I heave such a sigh of relief. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor guy. Why is he actually reading them, though? <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know. know if I... If I was a famous guy and people sent me things in the mail to read, I would be like, okay, uh, let me, is it say anything in this about how great I am? No, <laughs> then fuck it. It goes in the trash. I don't need to read other people sh- about other people. I want to read about me. That's the whole point of being famous is people telling you you're good. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not saying that this science fiction stuff wasn't all about how great per- Patrick Stewart was. We don't know. Oh. Well, I mean, the fact that he seems to, like, not enjoy it. I don't know. Maybe maybe he's more modest than I am. Uh, maybe but, like, he didn't enjoy it because it really was all about how great you were. Maybe. Everyone is sending, like, everyone's sending him, like, uh, things about me. They, they sh- <laughs> that's, and, and I keep getting stuff about how great Patrick Stewart is. So yeah. It's like a wacky mix-up. <laughs> well, they're both right. <laughs> it's true. Um but uh, no, I just I just think that's funny that like because that he he got that in the mail and was like, hmm, I think I'll check this out. Um, but anyway, yeah. Why were we talking about Weird Al? Um, I I don't remember now. But anyway, yeah. The but we've finished uh, part we finished part three. But part three ends on a very sour note because we see a rock get thrown through Nabby's window. Yeah, that's um, very foreboding. Yeah. So this is the and this is the fourth video, which is uh, which is called Paradise, and it's kind of kind of an ironic title because it's about life going extremely sour in this cat rabbit community, because the the rock that went through his window has been joined by a bunch more, and the first thing we see is his front doors, which are now covered in graffiti that say things like hell and disgusting, and other stuff in Korean. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um and some of it's like no positive, I thought when I looked at yeah, it. One person one of, wrote you're my hero. Yeah, which is like cuz I guess this is, you know, there are other people there are people who approve of uh cat rabbit relationships or, you know, see him as a uh um, you know, a um a hero for that. Mm-hmm. But it is funny that like if you think that it's like I'm going to go and graffiti his front door, you know, it's like that's not usually what you do if you're on you know, if, if you think something's good, yeah. but I, did I guess maybe that they... somebody on the supporting side had a, had a sign that said loser. 
Yeah, I was wondering if maybe there was some confusion about like what the English meant because yeah. that really confused me when I saw that. <laughs> it's like what? Um, but yeah, this is the one we get. We, I think we get some flashbacks. We show them just they're going around town and people are yelling at them. Some yeah, old we man see them is getting kicked out of a cafe. Yeah, and there is a scene where this is this is really well done, I think. The scene where the two of them are sitting at a bench and there is this mean old cat man shaking his cane at them, lecturing them, and you have a huge crowd of cats and rabbits all just watching it. And a, uh, a second later, Nadi grabs the cane and everyone's like, <gasps> it's like, how dare he? When he is not the aggressor. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was pretty good. It's like that that reminds me of a scene you would actually see in real life, mm-hmm. you know, where you have a mob who's like, how dare they how dare they not take it? You know, yeah, um, but uh, that is that is unfortunately very typical. Um, but yeah, I think he just kind of grabs the cane, but then he just gets, you know, but to, to move it away and he just gets up and they leave, you know, yeah. which is like, well, what what, what are you going to do when there's a mob? You yeah. can't really fight back because there's uh-huh. too many it's of them. It's a mob, yeah. It's the whole point of having a mob. No <laughs> one, can, you know, um, I think, the, but then we get like, don't, don't, uh, the 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 three shabby bunnies are back or the three yeah, we, spiky I think bunnies we see them yeah we see them on the walk home and they are and they're actually taking part in like like we said the protests are growing but this is a counter protest it's a pro cat bunny love protest there's five or six people there and uh, the jintuth set is there they're taking part in it yeah they are um they're interesting characters throughout this because um their their actions they're, they they seem to um in some ways be ambivalent about cat bunny love mm. uh, but um, perhaps because they are you know they know they have a personal connection to this particular cat bunny relationship you know since well they, they have they another personal connection did you notice how different they look from all other rabbits oh well they are spiky is mm-hmm. that implied that they're part cat actually yes it is revealed in another in the most recent one, which came out last year, we, we still can't see it because it's still behind a Patreon wall. But in the most recent one, we learned that their mother is a rabbit and their father is not a cat, a lion. Oh, okay. Interesting. So um, they're like bunnies with manes. Oh, I just assumed that they were, I don't know, what do you, what do you call those Angora rabbits yeah, or something? Yeah, that, that makes... That was pretty much everyone's assumption, but no, they have uh, they have very shaggy mane-like fur compared to pretty much all the other rabbits. And oh, it was surprising to me that there was a any lions at all in this world because you know I thought cats and bunnies were people and all their animals were animals, but maybe not. Yeah, um, I, it sounds. I guess it's probably one of those like furry worlds where it's like, what are the needs of the uh, of the story? <laughs> you yeah. know. Uh, how and they're taking part in this uh in this pro this pro uh interspecies love movement but uh from from the next wall behind they see dozens and dozens of people carrying a uh anti uh an anti-love sign mm, yeah it's scary times it's yes. it is yeah i mean this this video kind of it really does kind of bring up the 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 scope of what's going on here, you know? Yeah. Um, 
They've reached and that is about point. where it gets really scary because one of these one of these anti love uh, movement tears uh, sees Nabby and her animals and is like, "There she is, get her!" Yeah, and she's about yeah, to, and she's about to fight back, and you know she can defend herself, but uh, that's a lot of people, and she's got precious lives uh, that she's trying to protect. Yeah, because doesn't the hedgehog gets gets yeah, caught in this? I think something happens to the hedgehog. She jumps off of uh, Nabby's shoulder and uh, does does the bristling thing to keep them away, but um, I don't think it works. No, no, because I because we see she's like nursing the hedgehog later on. And mm-hmm. does the hedgehog does the hedgehog die? I can't. I'm I th- not sure I, if the- I think the hedgehog is intended to die, but they made it very uh, am- ambiguous because you see her waving goodbye to a hedgehog, but we don't know if it's this hedgehog, and we don't know if it really happened or if it's kind of symbolic. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, this one is kind of this one's a downer. Yeah. Oh, it's too real. Next, yeah. Next thing we know, Nabi is running into a hospital room where a bandaged Nabi is happily waving to him. But yeah, he sees all these other, you know, and, you know, just the weight comes down on him. How do you, how do you deal with this? Knowing that, knowing that being part of this could get her more and more hurt. And you see that happening. You see her getting more and more beaten up and mangled as she maintains her smile. Yeah. That was a creepy it's, it's, moment. It's hard to watch. And next thing next thing we see out of this is him having painted over all the graffiti and uh hanging a no no love sign on his son, on his door. Even as Nabi is standing there watching him with her you know, her posture completely blank. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's what it's it's a it's a very you know it's a very sad moment. Very, uh, you can't fight city hall, you know. Yeah. Meanwhile, like, you know, um, Nabi is trying to look after her hedgehog, but it's breathing hard, and it doesn't look like it's gonna pull through. And she's got these two airline tickets. Where did these come from? Oh yeah, they got two tickets to paradise. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> literally two tickets to paradise. And because that, that's where it's, they're going or that's where she uh, the t- that, that is the destination on the tickets. Paradise, yep. um, which I is no uh, idea where she got these, but she had them in the hospital. I wouldn't I didn't yeah. notice it the first time when I watched. Oh, so, oh I didn't notice it. Yeah. Um, so, presumably Paradise is where a place where uh, cat bunny love is accepted because it's be. implied they're going to they're going there for that reason. So um, and I think like because the 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 final video yeah, i think this is the this is the fourth one right this is the fourth they're still in the fourth one yeah and yeah and what watching nabby through her window is the is the oldest of the triplets his name is ilho oh huh does that, does the that next mean thing we see is or? him punching dope nabby's fucking lights out just you you piece of shit how could you hurt her like this and he has got a completely neutral expression as he's being chewed out because he knew yeah. there's no other way around this. Mm, but boy, yeah. did he picked the wrong place to do it because they're in the middle of the two protests. One protest yeah. is like, that's, you know, that's, a, that's her boyfriend. Get him. And the other is like, that's our hero. Don't hurt him. 
Yeah, it's it, it. I was I I had was a little confused by this whole sequence when I was watching it because uh, that was part of part of the, when I was watching it. I was like, I can't tell if these these spiky rabbits what their feelings on this are because because <laughs> they do change over the course of the uh, the videos, you know. Um, and this one, I was like, wait, is is he just beating him up because he doesn't like cat? But I was like, oh, I didn't get I didn't catch that it was because he thought that um, he had hurt Doki. So yeah, this is where it gets to be, you know, really sad because you know, the hedgehog has evidently passed, and in her grief, she Doki tries to call Nabby, but he's in prison. He can't get his phone, and there's no answer. Yeah, um, well, not prison, jail, I guess. Well, same difference. It's the, there's this this one. It's getting really heavy towards the end. It really does, and there's this, you know, and it ends with Doki just dropping her phone off the roof and being like, there's nothing left for me here. At least I got the airline tickets. Yeah. Um, so that's when the fifth one, I think, is... Is that when we see the, the tree with the, the green scarves? Yeah, we finally... We see, uh, we see her. She ties the green scarf that belonged to the hedgehog onto, onto the branch of a tree. And... This is where we have the scene of her waving goodbye to the hedgehog, but I can't tell how literal that is because the hedgehog pretty clearly died. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you see that the tree is covered in scars from like previous um, animals either. I'm not sure. Is that implied these are all animals that passed or are these ones that she rehabilitated or a combination? It um, could, yeah, it, it could be both because, you know, maybe she's, you know, Maybe that wasn't the same hedgehog. Maybe she uh, had rescued a previous hedgehog and uh, tied its scarf to this tree. But uh, yeah, also, uh, mm -hmm. oh yes. Also, it, it's gone almost completely to black and white at this point, and even Nabby's scarf is fully gray, no longer green. Oh, I didn't notice that. Actually, yeah, you're right, because it, it, it would have had to have some color to notice that the scars are green. Mm -hmm. I just realized now, for the whole time, I was like, yeah, wasn't this whole thing in black and white? Did not notice. Um, but yeah, this is the one where uh, uh, the, the rabbit is going to, like, she's still going to paradise. Yeah. She's on her way to the airport. And um, I, I this, is, this last one is kind of one of those, um, it's very much like one of those... Uh, I don't know. You see this in a lot of rom-coms. The one where it's like, oh, the, the girl is going to the airport. She's going to get on the plane and leave. And the guy's got to get there before she leaves. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, the um, uh, the the yelling guy at the at the wedding at the end of uh, the graduate, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That sort of thing. So. Um, so. So he's got to get to the, he's got to get to the airport before she leaves to paradise. Yeah. Um, oh, and, and what, he found a chick. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So there's the chick. Yeah. So there's a chick and he's like, I know somebody who takes care of animals. What? I need to take this to her. And that's when he sees the tree and all of the scarfs. And he's like, oh, my God, I missed her, didn't I? Yeah. But then when he's on his way to the airport, he runs into the um, those those uh, shaggy rabbits. Well, for, well. First of all, he runs into he runs into the protest and becomes part of gets absolutely mobbed, and he can't escape until her animal friends come to rescue him. The uh, oh right, lizard right. scares everyone out of the way. 
Yeah, yeah. So they so he follows them. Yeah, he follows um, them and uh you know, stays right close to the rhino so he can just barge through any anything he needs to. And he finds his way into her into her uh, apartment, but he can't but she's already gone. So looking for her again, this is when he this is when he runs into the Jinta set. And their leader is like, uh, I think this is for you, and hands him the hands him the other airline ticket, and he rips it up. He's like, Nah, we're staying here. And I think that so is they... what convinces them mm-hmm. that they're that this is someone they want to help. After all, the next thing we know, he's riding on a motorcycle with them. Yeah, this is the Akira um, bit you talked about. Yeah, one of them literally does the Akira slide in order to stop traffic so they can get through. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think like even um, uh, the other cat friends like pizza and yeah, pie pizza, and pizza and, and, pie, pie. and, uh, and uh, Hana. Yeah. They pull up in their uh, sports car and uh, the gray rabbit, whose name is just gray rabbit. <laughs> mm-hmm. He, you know, he picks, he picks Nabby up like he's a, a package and just moves him from the, uh, from the uh, motorbike to the car. And she makes a call to pizza who is at the airport with Doki. Yeah. And we've got the protesters at the airport and they're either telling her, they're telling her to leave or telling her to not leave. And somebody throws an egg, which pizza intercepts. And we don't see what happens to that guy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, do they, um, <sighs> That's when we see the loser poster. Yeah, it's, yeah, the, yeah. There's which, two signs, one of which says "Don't go," and the other says "Loser" on the same side. But the other yeah. one says "Go away" on the other side. <laughs> yeah, but it's like yeah, loser spelled with two O's. Looser, yes. Yeah, uh, so it's if like, there's a okay. positive way to interpret that, I don't know it. <laughs> it's like mm, I hope someone was fired for that blunder. But that is, but it is the commotion from that that causes Doki to turn around and sees that Nabi has found her in the uh, airport. And then we get this weird moment with like a holographic sign that can't decide which part it's, which one is showing, if it's the pro side or anti side. Yeah, I was a little confused what was going on, actually. <laughs> uh, maybe it's symbolic? Yeah, it might be more symbolic than we realize, but uh, it. You know, it vanishes as the two of them embrace again, and their physical hearts completely destroy this uh, this thing. And then they got to run because uh, a riot is starting again. So they don't go to paradise, right? They just they don't they stay? go to paradise. They stay in, I guess, Korea. Yeah, we're not well, sure if not. this is Bunnyland or Catland, or which one of those Japan or Korea would be. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I guess that's the point. Is that's kind of ambiguous. Also, did you um, notice this was something that I didn't see until it got pointed out to me when they're escaping the when they're escaping the airport, he uh, he rides on their suitcase, pulls her around, dodges some and dodges some uh, debris. And it's all the same poses that they were in during her fantasy sequence where she imagines them as anime characters. Where they're riding oh. together on a horse, where they're dancing, where they're running through flowers. It's all the same. That's really, huh. that was an amazing callback. 
I, I had not noticed that actually. <laughs> I mean, that's they put a uh, there's a, there's a lot of um, uh, there's a, there's a lot of effort into this. It looks you know because the uh, the style is very um, you know uh, spare. Uh, yeah, it's it's um, easy to miss all the thought that goes into it. Yeah, and because it's a because it's based on these you know maximum five minute music videos. The, there's a, you know, there there is a very rewatchable quality to them, and as you watch it over and over, you see new things. So watching it all as one big thing like this is kind of not as conducive. But uh, sometimes, sometimes you pick up on it. Yeah. Um. So how does it end? I think well, this is well. Our our happy ending is uh, the two of them. Back at back at home, and they're washing the graffiti together off of the uh, off of the vending machines where they first met. So it feels like a new start for them, and as yeah. you can and you can also see that the trees, which were missing their leaves but just were covered in green green scarfs before, now they mm-hmm. now they're leafing out on their own. Hmm. You know. Well, you know. It makes again new a new uh, new start. Hmm. So this this was um this was a surprisingly um uh this was a surprisingly a uh, full journey for um mm-hmm. you know little music video about cats and rabbits. <laughs> and um, the thing about it, you know, we didn't I didn't we didn't get to talk about it, but this is this is part of our this is part of our uh, wheelhouse, not just because I was. I felt like this was what Sinfest wanted to be. It wanted to have something to say like this, but it never mm. did. Cause I, and I see a lot of the same kind of, uh, kind of story elements. You know, I, I feel like at the end of every year, Sinfest wanted to have something that was as climactic and dramatic as the airport chase. And it never did. Yeah, no, I can see what you're saying. It's like, it's trying, it's, um, Sinfest wants to, uh, tell a story that is both, um, you know, uh, very, very intimate, uh, with, with, you know, a very intimate story about like the, the trials of particular characters, but also a character, a story that's very universal about our society and, you know, the world we live in. Um, and, uh, it doesn't really do either of those things. Whereas no. in this one, we're seeing like, we do start off with like, it kind of starts with like this story of a cat and a rabbit. And then as you go through these five videos, you, the camera is gradually kind of pulling out and revealing more and more of the world until you see these massive protests in the fourth one. And then I think it kind of pulls in a little on the fifth till we finally see like, you know, because, um, well, when you think about it, like uh, a world is made out of small changes and individuals and it, Absolutely. it and uh, the choice is made by, you know, just just random people. So it kind of pulls back in or to show us, you know, the fate of of our of our two protagonists a little more intimately in the final one. And uh, that is a trick that Sinfest cannot pull. It, and among many tricks, it can't pull because it's drawn by a lunatic. <laughs> Yeah. Meanwhile, there she is, is created by three people and they were able to put together what feels like a singular vision. Whereas this person with one singular vision has no vision. Yeah, it's just um, it's just gibberish. Uh, It's everything and nothing. Um, 
but um, like I think I've called it a horror vacui screed, and it, yes. it's exactly that. It's just throw every fill every every uh, spare space with just just noise. Um, but not so much. Actually, you know, one thing I did notice in the very end of of this when we kind of see, I think there's some quick flashes of our other characters. And we see um, one of those, uh, the Shaggy Rabbits, uh, hanging out with Lips the Cat. Yeah. I can't remember. What is that one? Pi? Yeah, I think her name is Pi. And it's kind of implied that they're like, you know, going to be an item possibly. But you see the other, the other two twins, like kind of like one of them holding back the other, like he's like angry and ready to fight. And Mm. I thought that was kind of interesting. I don't know if that, what, what Silhouette meant, but I thought it was like, okay, it's interesting to see that like even if they are you know helping in this particular instance maybe they're still not cool with like rab ra- you know rabbit um cat relationships in general or maybe like having one of their three twins suddenly in one like triggers something as well because you know you do see that a lot where people are like oh yeah i support something until they're actually confronted with it you know uh in their personal life and they're like oh now i'm not so cool with it anymore you know yeah um, well, you see that a lot like with, uh, to... mm-hmm. oh, sorry. Would you like to hear the plot of the, uh, not yet available to the public sixth part? Yeah, let's hear that. So let's see, maybe that'll answer my questions about what that was supposed to mean, actually. Yes. So this one picks up right where the last one left off. And it says, as Doki and Nabi leave the airport, protesters on both sides follow them. Ilho, he's the rabbit who's with the bear face watches this from the overpass and flashes back a childhood memory where he was abused and beaten by students at school. His mother, a rabbit, attempts to comfort him, but he storms away, and his lion father roars at him for his disrespectful attitude. In the present, at the Jintaset's home, Ilho, still upset about this memory, orders orders Pai to leave. When Ilho tries to force her out, Yiho fights him, but gets defenestrated into an anti-cat and rabbit protest banner outside. In an alley, Yiho, the brother with the mask, assaults an anti-cat and rabbit protester, having become part of an extremist group based in a junkyard, for which he shaved his ears to reveal their long pointy shape inherent in cabots. An anti-cat rabbit protester is chased by a large rabbit and barges into the music club where, where Pi's band is performing. When the rabbit grabs and punches him in front of the crowd, Pi gets off stage to rebuke the attacker, but stops when she sees the entire club pro- showing her the pro-cat and rabbit symbol on their phones. Frustrated, she attempts to fight the rabbit, but is stopped by Yiho as the rabbit drags the incapacitated cat out of the building. Meanwhile, Ilho and a wedding-dress-clad Doki are waiting at a mountain shrine to take a photo with Nabi, but witness him being chased by protesters on his way there. Doki offers Ilho tickets to their wedding, but Ilho warns their offspring will face discrimination. Doki instead sees her and Nabi having many children and cats, rabbits, and cabots living together in harmony to which the newly arrived Nabi overhears and blushes. Pai appears and leads Ilho to the junkyard where Yiho and his gang are rounding up and imprisoning anti-cat rabbit protesters. Ilho, Samho, and P arrive at the junkyard to confront Yiho. During the ensuing battle, they free the captives, but cause an excavator to lose its balance. With it about to fall onto Yiho, Ilho saves him by throwing him out of his way and roaring at the freed anti-protesters, with a large apparition of his father's roaring head materializing behind him. The excavator falls and crushes Ilho. 
As Yiho grieves, Samho, along with the protesters and anti-protesters, rush to lift the excavator, allowing Yiho to pull Ilho out from under it. The injured Ilho playfully slaps him in the face, and Pai tackles Yiho to the ground in a loving embrace. That's a lot more action-oriented than the other ones Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> there's this a whole is... lot going on there. Yeah. So, yeah, um, the three brothers all have very different feelings about being part of a mixed family. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely that that sixth one seems to concentrate a lot more on them than our uh, um, initial protagonists. But it sounds like it. But yeah, it sounds like there's there's a surprising amount of nuance in this series. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's coming from a perspective of you know they're there, we're not. So I mean, I've I feel like stuff. It's good when stuff like this becomes as. You know, not that it's all that, uh, you know, f- you know, not that it's all that well known here, but it's fairly well known. And I think it gives gives Americans a much more accessible view of uh, Japanese Korean relations than we would get from just about anywhere else, because, you know, so much, you know, so much anime. Yeah, you know, that's where we get America's get so much of their idea of what things are like in Japan, but so much of anime is actually animated in Korea. So they really can't talk too uh, loudly about their, uh, about their, how they actually feel about it. Not to mention the fact that sometimes you, you have to get, sometimes people who have really uh, bad attitudes toward this kind of thing, get way too much of the microphone. D- did you hear anything? Oh, what is that? Damn. What is that new anime called? That's kind of the big, the big hit these days. Oh, Shoot. which one? What's it about? Um, uh, well, it's about a, uh, it's about a, a mute little uh, prince who doesn't talk to anyone. And he makes friends with a weird monster that looks like a puddle with a claw. Oh, it's called turning red. <laughs> uh, no, actually I'm not aware of this, this anime. I haven't heard of this one. Uh, well, it's uh it's become it became very popular since it was discovered recently, but uh, in re- lately in the manga that it's based on, it's taken a uh, I w- you can't say a distinctly anti-Korean turn because it is uh, because it's not about Japan and Korea. It's about a European-based society, but mm-hmm. it is it has suddenly taken a turn that t- uses a lot of anti-Korean dog whistles. Oh really? Ooh. Yeah, and you and some of the so it's kind of educational in some of the worst attitudes that the Japanese have toward Koreans, thinking of them as ingrateful cavemen who didn't like the world we built for them. That's interesting because I wonder, like, would an American audience be able to pick up on those things? Yeah, we probably I mean, wouldn't. Is the thing so? It's so. I mean, it's really terrible that the that the artist and writer seems to think that. But it's educational for us that we're like, oh, my God, is is this what relationships are like for you guys? It never comes up for us. Yeah. Um, I mean, it is a different world here in America. We have, you know, our our the way we think of, um, you know, race and uh, nationality is very different than the way it is in, in many other parts of the world. You know, it's much more color based um, here than it is anywhere else. Yeah, it was like the other day. Um, I had a little. There was a little kerfluffle on on Twitter because I I said some 
some rather glib comments about the Scottish language, the Scots language, Scots, I believe it is. Yeah, I didn't um, want to get into that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it was that was I was in the wrong on that, but um, but someone was pointed out like, hey, you know, the Scots were colonized by English, and because I'm an American, my initial reaction is like, what are you talking about? You're all white people. Why are you fighting? I don't get it. But you know, <laughs> because in America. Like, but like that's how we don't we, we don't think of things like that it's it, the we the rest of the world is very different in many ways you know because yeah. it's, it's the same way when you think of like you know in bosnia herzegovina it's like why are y'all fighting you're a bunch of white people right you should be friends i don't understand yeah. i'm confused and people um, in europe are literally saying that about russia and ukraine it's like this isn't where wars happen this is among white people like us yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, civilized people. We don't live in caves like those Koreans. <laughs> uh, I hope no one cuts that little thing out of context, but because what I mean, I was making a reference from the first thing. Um, though we also, don't like force I said, you to eat carrots like those Koreans. Yeah. Though, you know, also as an American, I think like when you hear like that, oh, the Kore- there's a lot of animosity between, you know, Koreans and Japanese, we kind of have the same attitude. Like, I don't understand. You're both Asian. Why are you fighting? What's up yeah. with that? Like, and that is you know that is something that they run into because we have a you know there is a you know we have that terrible uh, stereotype we have to contend with in that uh, Americans think all Asians look the same and all Asians do not look the same to Asians but Japanese and Koreans can't really tell each other apart. Oh yeah, well you know here here in here in America we. Uh, well, you know, we we have we have difficulty with things like this because we are people without a history. You know, mm-hmm. we are we are like We're making it we up don't, as we go along. Yeah, we don't we don't we don't know our own history, much less anyone else's. So, uh, just these things confuse us. We're like we're like babies. Um, our histories are multiple choice. I mean, I am only a quarter Danish, but that's the part I identify with. So, hig. I hear it's hard to be humble when you're Danish. <laughs> well, I am tall. Yeah, I was going to say, like, a t-shirt in Solvang told me that. <laughs> well, don't they have that for every Scandinavian thing? It's hard to be humble when you're Finnish. Yeah, they probably have it for every nationality. I mean, <laughs> the thing is, like, um, you know, I'm I'm, I'm uh, mostly German, and I feel like having a t-shirt that says, hard to be humble when you're German, sends a very different message that you <laughs> yeah. probably don't want to send. Like, you know, I don't think that, I don't think that's good. Look at this t-shirt I got, honey. It says Germany above all. Isn't that great? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's, oh. Um, I do remember like when there was one time my, my grandmother, bless her heart, she's departed, I guess or I should say rest her soul because she's departed, you know, ma- many years now. But, you know, she was from Germany and um, very proud of her, her German heritage. And you, uh, she's the one you've referred to as your literal Nazi grandmother on Twitter. Right? Yes. Yes. That's her. Um, though, though to be fair, she was not actually a Nazi. Um, she just, that was a joke. I was being glib. Uh, <laughs> people, people took it way too serious. Cause like I made this joke. I was like, yeah, my, my Nazi grandmother, you know, and people were all like, Oh, people were started yelling at me. Like, Oh, she's in the, the, the Schutzwaffel. And I was like, no, she wasn't. She she was like a music teacher. I, I didn't actually. I was like, please dis. I was like, please disregard my previous statement. <laughs> but um, she once did a talk at an elementary school here in 
you know, the States when she was, um, where she explained, cause she had a, she was a viol- concert violinist and, mm. um, she was explaining, uh, something about violins and she, her particular violin was German made. And she was like, you know, this violin, it's from Germany. And I'm also from Germany. And that just shows that all good things come from Germany. And, <laughs> you know, it's like not not meant in a bad way. But, you know, the the way she said it was kind of like when you're German, it's 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 you got to be careful with that sort of thing. Yeah. You know, being glib runs in the family. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Apparently we just we just love saying dumb shit like that. And that's why I was like, you know what? I sh- that's why I'm on a podcast so I can just stick my foot in my mouth constantly. Um, but anyway, uh, why were we talking about this? Uh, I can't re- stay in school. Yeah, science school. We were, well, we were talking about you know the uh, how in America we struggle to understand non-racialized uh, tribalism. Yeah. Well, yeah, and also think about like here in the states, where I mean, uh, there there are there's a a, a lot of uh, tension, uh, you know, between say in certain parts of the country between uh, people from Mexico and people from uh, Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you're white here, you're just like, I don't understand. You're all, you're all a bunch of Hispanics. <laughs> yeah. You know, you should be friends yeah. because and, it's annoying you when you s- fight because I can't tell you apart. Now I got to do it, you know, because we're stupid. Of it. We're stupid white people. Um, but that, I, I mean, part of that, new, of course. Mm-hmm. I haven't oh, seen I the new uh, Sharks and Jets movie. Are they are they all Hispanic? I forget. Um, in the original, the, the jets are white. The sharks are Puerto Rican, I believe. Oh, okay. Okay. I thought it was, I don't know about the new one if they've changed it. it, Yeah. I thought it was two different Spanish speaking groups, but maybe that's just because of the production from my high school. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's been changed in the new one, but, Mm. um, I mean, you know, of course a lot of this is because in, in America, you know, uh, there's been a deliberate attempt to um, kind of homogenize whiteness, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, yeah, we are. And if you're white in America, you're people without a culture, and without a history. You are just because, you know, it, it because white, you know, you got to yeah. rally behind white supremacy. You know, in America, whiteness you're is not just, is. you know, you're not just white, you're Mick American. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what a shitty country this is. <laughs> someone, someone should build a country that works. Yeah. We'll start with rabbits and cats. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, anything else we should say about, uh, there she is. Uh, I would, I'm a big, I've always been a big fan of there. She is. There are parts of this that make me very emotional. The ending is, is one. And, but also the, the scene with, the scene with uh, blowing out her birthday candle is just makes me f- makes me feel very good. Oh, we didn't talk at all about the music. We we completely left out the music. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, so our so all the music in this it's all in Korean, but there are occasional uh, flashes of English because English is prevalent all over Southeast Asia just because they like the way it sounds, even if they don't <laughs> necessarily hear speak it. So. So let's see. It's not, the, the song from the first one is called Dota Kunyo, and it's by a band called Witches. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Second, okay. I like yeah. that. The second song is called Happy Birthday to Me, and it's from a band called Bulldog Mansion, which is like, okay, I want to go there. <laughs> <Ruff>. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> and the set <laughs> the second one no the third one the song is just called it's something in korea korean samcha sanjing and but the name of the band this is my favorite band name of all time now bumping they might be giants out tertiary sex character yeah, I was wondering about that. Oh, that was the name of the band? Yeah. I thought they, I thought they were announcing we were going to meet a tertiary sex character in the in the music video. And I was like, oh, does that mean, what is it, threesome? What's going on here? <laughs> no, ter- as in like a tertiary sex characteristic. Like, I don't know. Oh. What's a secondary sex characteristic? What's opposed to a tertiary? Well, let's see. Uh, uh, so a secondary would be like... Uh, uh, is that facial hair? Would that be a th- secondary? Yeah, that would that would be a secondary, wouldn't it? Okay. I mean, I think everything that's not genital is a secondary one, isn't it? Yeah, I guess so. Maybe. So what? I guess, so I guess a, a tertiary second sex characteristic would be like you know liking shopping or baseball. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. It's <laughs> completely um, optional, but that you a performed sex characteristic, a gender characteristic. You, oh yeah, there you go. Okay, I'm I'm I'm. We're going to start a discourse. <laughs> yeah, people are going to be like, no, that's not what a tertiary sex characteristic is. I, I, it has a specific meaning as seen in this biology textbook from 1870. <laughs> <laughs> see, it says, uh, see, it says right here that the that uh, Coelophysis, which was about the size of a fox terrier, had several tertiary sex characteristics. Yeah, so, sounds right. <laughs> Sta- sounds okay. legit. The fourth one, the fourth song is called A Lunar Eclipse, and it's by a band called Taboo, appropriately enough, but it's not spelled like hmm. the word taboo. Or, I mean, it's, it's spelled like the word taboo, but in Korean. And, oh, okay. Interesting. And the last one is from a band, is from a band called Brunch. That sounds good right now. And it's called, mm-hmm. and just like the actual special, just like the actual fifth part, it's called Imagine. So... And I'm still not quite certain whether these were done, you know, with the with the okay of the uh, musicians or not. And because copyright law is very different in Southeast Asia. Yeah, does it? Is there copyright law over there? Well, there's definitely copyright law, but I think because there's, you know, because it's a it's a smaller pool of uh, of creators, there's a lot less, you know it's a lot harder to uh, keep from ripping each other off. Mm, okay. You only have so much influence and, you know, maybe it's, you know, you can get away with something like the dog, you know, the dog, not a dog, the chicken that laid a Donald, Donald duck bust in uh, Asterix, but yeah, <laughs> we'll talk about that next time. Oh, oh, that was, wait, that was last time. Silly me. Yeah, it was last time. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I forgot what order we were doing these in, you know, (laughs) so now I can't laugh at you about doing that anymore. Yeah. Now who's laughing? Uh, (laughs) Not the audience. uh, This is a very serious episode. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, I think uh, so the the music in this was pretty appropriate all the way through. Um, Yeah. So for all of our many 13 year old fans, here's the K-pop episode of our show. You're welcome. (laughs) Well, the kids will love it. They'll love it as much as when they see a Markiplier uh, thing. <laughs> when they see Markiplier get scared of a thing. 
<laughs> well, they see we Markiplier say Markiplier gets scared, and then the video game character tries to shove a carrot in his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> we should also pretend to be scared of things. I bet we get a lot more play. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, what should we be scared of? Um... Uh well, what, kids like it when you're scared of a video games. So just I don't know, be scared. I don't be scared of mother. <laughs> mother. <laughs> ah! Ah! I was gonna say you Wait. played mother, or was it Earthbound? I can't remember what it was. Actually, well, you're right. The they're they're very scary games in some ways, but <laughs> <laughs> oh, then it's the joke's not as funny then. <laughs> well, no, you you can definitely be scared of mother because that game is hard as shit. God. <laughs> Oh, is it really? Oh, it is. It is difficult. You really, you know, uh, all three of the games in the Mother series are great, but um, don't play the first one first. <laughs> play oh. Earthbound, then Mother 3, and then Mother 1. Oh. Also known as Earthbound Beginnings. Good good to know. I didn't yes. realize that they were so difficult. <laughs> uh, I mean, the first, no, the second one is is a is difficult but a more reasonable difficulty the third one is uh difficult but not impossible the the first one well it's from the uh it's from the days when we were just getting out of arcade games so it was hard not to get your butt rocked mm, mm. wow well, a different world yeah just like oh. the world of just like the world of flash games that this came out of hey let's end on that what was your favorite flash game from this era Oh, I liked when you punched the monkey and won a prize. <laughs> I liked the one where you were rearranging tower levels and you had a little a bunch of little soldier guys who all looked like Elroy Jetson. 